you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Pentecostals, he said, all you do is magnify the name. But he mentioned his denomination, and he said, but we magnify the blood. And I said, sir, you can't magnify the blood without magnifying the name. And you can't magnify the name without magnifying the blood. Because the blood is in the name, and the name is in the blood. It's all about Jesus. Oh, glory to his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I'm glad that you're here. On this Easter Sunday night, I looked around tonight and saw a faithful church here in this house tonight. 5,000 were with him when he was handing out food. There were four that tore the roof off of the building to let a man get down to where a miracle could happen. And we don't even know their names. And I'm not sure how, when, or where. It didn't even make the pages of the Word, but somebody showed back up and put that roof back together when nobody was watching and nobody was looking. I thank God for a faithful church tonight. I thank God for a faithful people. Amen, amen, amen. Things look so great around here today. Thank you. The yard looks great. The music sounded wonderful. Many rehearsals. Thank you to everybody. The building just looked great. All of our cleaning people and those that worked around here over the last few days, last few weeks, and all of those that worked in the programming and planning and and greeting and ushering and sign carrying in the parking lot. It was just first class today. You ought to give all of our volunteers a great big God bless you. Thank you for making CLC what it is. This is Sunday night. It's time to celebrate. Come on, it's time to celebrate Jesus tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I'm glad to have my family with me all the way from Texas. Glad to have the Gonzaleses with us. God bless you. Thank you for being here. I know Kayla's just overjoyed. Pleasant surprise to see Brother Isaiah and Sister Hannah join their mom and dad to be here with us. We're just overjoyed and thrilled and glad that you are here tonight. Glad for all of our guests that are in the house tonight. We thank God. Thank you to all of you who have been praying for my wife. The surgery was long, about six and a half hours. Uh, Actual surgical procedure was a very, very long day. Before I could get in to see her, it was about 11 hours and we were so concerned of how the recovery was going to go and they pushed her out of the hospital 22 hours after she came out of surgery and we felt that was far too soon and they felt she could come home. She was not well, but she woke up the next morning and the Lord gave her strength and she began to move about the house and God has just strengthened her so this week and uh, I'm just so thankful. As a matter of fact, She was wanting to come to church, and uh, the live stream didn't work this morning, I don't think, so maybe we're not on live stream tonight, or I'll get in trouble when I get home, but I had to put my foot down and tell her that she wasn't going to come to church this weekend, just one weekend, and uh, the Lord's been so good. Thank you for all the calls, the cards, the text, 
all of the meals, everything that you have done to make life easier for us. God bless you and thank you for all that you do. I love this church, love each one of you, and thank God for you. I did receive a call today from Sister Rusenauer. She was able to come home about 3 o'clock, came home from the hospital today. And so we're thankful that the Lord is strengthening her and glad for all that the Lord is doing. Amen. If you have your Bible, 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, and I know it's been a long Easter Sunday. I'll try not to be too long tonight, but I, I really would love to see the Lord just sweep in and bless our hearts in this house tonight. I don't want to just show up and leave and say, well, we had church. I want God to show up in our lives and us respond to what God's wanting to do. It ought to be an apostolic service in this room tonight. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4. Verse 17, and the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life, nine months. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him, brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then he died and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out and she called unto her husband and said send me I pray thee one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It, it's neither the new moon nor is it the Sabbath. And she said unto him, It shall be well. It shall be well. By the help of the Lord, I just want to take a little while tonight and preach from this thought, speak faith. Speak faith. Lord, help me tonight to speak what you've put in my spirit. Lord, help me to preach faith into every person in this room tonight. Lord, let your name be magnified and glorified in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Why don't you find about three people and just look at them, shake their hand, greet them, and tell them, speak faith. Speak faith. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Supported by vision that sees afar, people of faith learn not to accept the limits of the less courageous, but they push on against all odds until they eventually experience victory. In Joshua, the 14th chapter, a man by the name of Caleb wanted a mountain that was promised him. Remember Caleb in the scripture? He was one of the spies that went out to review the promised land. Caleb was one of the two, along with Joshua, that were not intimidated by the Canaanites and their fortified cities. And they unflinchingly wanted to engage the foe. They were confident that God would grant a great victory for his people. The other spies said, we can't. We can't go out. There are giants in the land, they said. But Joshua and Caleb believed the land could be conquered. The others were fearful. They were intimidated, but Joshua and Caleb had unwavering faith. I thank God for people with unwavering faith. In spite of whatever comes, they have unwavering faith. The majority, if they would have done a poll and said, we're going to just see how many here in the room agrees with me, the majority, they would have lost the vote. 
It would have been 10 to 2. They would have lost the vote. The majority said there are giants in the land. There are fortified cities, and we cannot go out against them. But against all odds, Joshua and Caleb simply said, we are more than able. Listen, I believe that it was only because of their attitude of faith and their confidence toward God that Caleb and Joshua being the only two who had lived through the 40 years of the wilderness journey. All of the others died because of their unbelief and disobedience, making Caleb and Joshua two of the oldest Jews to enter into the promised land. At the time of this chapter, Israel had been engaged in combat for five years, and Caleb was 80 Five years old. But yet at 85 years old, Caleb was a man of great faith. His age did not detour him from seeing his promise. Fear did not stop him from going after his promise. Past failures did not prevent him from pressing forward. Caleb chose to speak faith. And Caleb declares, give me this mountain. He was a man that was familiar. We are more than able. Same man said, give me this mountain at 85 years of age. Caleb had the energy and the faith to take on a mountain. He was eager to claim the land that God had promised Abraham and his seed. Caleb was a man of great faith and great courage. Why did Caleb have such special interest in Hebron? To him, it was more than just a mountain. It was more than just a plot of land. It was more than just some terra firma. It was, it was more than a mountain for him. It was God's promise to his people. This was the place where Abraham's wife, Sarah, had died. She was buried there. This was the only land that Abraham had ever owned in Canaan. God's promise of a land was not only for Abraham, but his promise also reached beyond. And it was to his children and to his children's children and to all of his descendants Abraham also was buried there in that land and so was Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Joseph. There were a lot of people buried in that land. It was God's promised land for them. They were buried there in that land. This was the land of Caleb's forefathers. It was where they were laid to rest. One of the objections the other ten spies had was that there were giants in the land. Joshua and Caleb never disagreed with the fact that there were giants in the land. They never said it's not going to be hard. It's not going to be difficult. There's not going to be fortified cities. They never said that. You never read that in the scripture. But they were the only two who knew what it meant to speak faith. They looked at all that had gone in, all of the people, all of their ancestries that had died and was buried in the land. Stay with me tonight as you begin to think about the promises that God has spoken over this congregation and spoken over this city and spoken for your family and for their family. I want you to think with me tonight about all of those who paid the way, who paid the price, who paid the price, who paved the roads for you and high. And here we are tonight being able to sit in heavenly places to drink from wells that we did not dig but God has some promises for us but they won't come without work and without labor but it will not come unless some people begin to look the enemy in the face and declare I speak faith over every obstacle over every hardship we will see revival I will see my family saved we will take this mountain it was Caleb that said we are more 
than Abel. Giants have never been a problem for God. The, o- the, only, uh, the, the only thing that giants were good for was to create fear in the mind of God's people. God never said your mountain was going to be easy. But he did say he would go with us. He never said the promised land was going to be without a struggle. He said, I'm giving it to you, but you have to go in and disinhabit the land. You've got to go throw those that are living there out. You've got to conquer giants. You've got to fight battles for the land that I'm giving you. Caleb was confident in God. Caleb had God confidence. And he said, God is going to help us. He said, I'm not, I'm not seeing I'm not looking at this and denying the struggle that that may be ahead of us, but Caleb was confident that God would help them conquer the mountain. He fully trusted in God. That's why he spoke faith. You can meet people who have confidence in God. You don't have to be around them very long. You figure out who has confidence in God and who don't have confidence in God. Listen to them talk for a little while. Because their words will will betray them. Their words will give them away. You'll be able to know those who say, we're more than able. Life may be difficult. They may be, my family may be a mess, but God's going to reach them. My prayers haven't been answered for a while, but I'm going to keep praying. He promised me this mountain, and I'm more than able to take the mountain. He fully trusted in God when others shrank in fear. Caleb was a man who spoke faith. And he declares, give me this mountain. Caleb didn't look at his circumstances. Caleb looked at God. I don't want to be too cliche with my preaching tonight. But I just want to tell you, if we will get our eyes off of the things that you are seeing in the, in, in the flesh and in, the, in, in the, the earthly realm and look through eyes of faith and begin to realize, hey, that's a promise of God. That's a prophecy that God has spoken over my family. That's a prophecy God has spoken over my church. I choose to speak faith. Most people consider their weaknesses, but Joshua and Caleb measured God's strength. We've been doing a little deal with a, a, a few people that are, are part of a small group, and, and we, we, we've been doing a, a little survey, a research survey that Barna has, and this group has been looking into some of our strengths and in doing so it reveals maybe some of our areas of weakness and and as we began to look into this it was astounding to me to find out the number of people that could identify their weaknesses but struggled at identifying their strengths it's because sometimes it's easier to see the negative over seeing the positive come on church are you with me tonight It's easier to see everything that the devil is doing, all the obstacles the enemy is throwing at us, rather than seeing all the opportunities that God has given us to win the victory. Remember, God had spoken the promised land to them. God had said he was going to give him the mountain. He had said, I'm going to give you the land. He had promised it to Abraham. There were people who had labored and died in the land. Now what are we going to do? Ten said, we can't. Ten says, There's giants in the land. But Caleb said, we are well able to overcome it. The key is, is overcoming. Your words that you speak need to be words of overcoming. You don't have to deny what you deal with. What you need to do is learn to speak words of faith and hope and overcoming. Anybody with me tonight? 
Am I going in too soon tonight? Or can I just tell you, some people need to stop focusing on everything that is wrong and how bad the situation is and begin to say, hey, I see how God is going to help me through this. I see a door of opportunity. I may not know when. I may not know how. But God is going to make a way out of no way. There is power in what you speak. Now, don't raise your hand when I ask this question. But you ever meet some people, maybe even at church, and you come by and say, well, how are you? And they tell you. <laughs> Every time you greet them, they tell you everything that's wrong. Well, it is, Pastor. It's really that bad. It's really, it's really that bad. Hey, listen. I, I doubt there's any of us that don't have things wrong in our life. Uh, but we need to start considering God's strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. How can I turn this bad thing that's happened to me into a negative, into a positive word? I don't have to magnify the devil and declare everything that's wrong with me. Well, you know, it's probably going to just get worse. You know, the doctor said it was going to get worse. And, and, and the doctor said it's just, listen, some of us need to get some faith words and begin to speak faith over some situations and say, the doctor's not the final word. I believe I've got hope. I've got faith. I've got trust. I know God's going to make a way. I know he is a healer. I know he is a provider. The bills may be due, but help is on the way. gotten so that there's some people that you meet on the street, not, not here, but there's some people you meet on the street and, and you, you learn to stop saying, hey, how are you? So you, you meet them and you have to say, praise the Lord, what's going good in your life? And some of them will still tell you what's wrong. Remember the testimony service days? You know why some people complain that testimony service ended? You know why pastors quit having testimony service? Pastors stopped having testimony service because it stopped being testimony service. It started being testimonies of, well, the devil's been after me all week, bless his name. I heard that some of the writers of country songs come to church just to hear testimony service so they can write a sad song. I lost my dog. Had a flat. Troubles come my way. Problems are many. When testimony service you know how you overcome by the blood of the Lamb? Ain't nothing going to happen without the blood. And by the word of our testimony. You know what a testimony is? A testimony is God has been faithful. God has been good. I once was young and now I'm old. Enough said. You've lived some life. You know about troubles. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Speak faith. I got a Bible for this. According to your faith, so be it unto you. There is power in your spoken word. There is deliverance in your testimony. What will your faith allow you to see? And what will your faith allow you to speak? Are you tuned into the Spirit enough to hear the voice of God as he is proclaiming through the Spirit the possibilities that he is presenting before us? Or are we so tuned in
to everything that is going on in the flesh that we've seen every negative thing that happens in our lives. I came tonight to, to, to help somebody walk out of this building speaking faith over their hopeless situation. You may have been under this thing a long time and in that sometimes we develop some very bad habits of focusing on everything that is wrong and focusing on every problem. You ever met some people that you do not like? Don't raise your hand. They may be sitting next to you. Hopefully you're not married to them. You ever met people you just struggled? You just struggled with? I've learned something. There's a reason that the Bible tells us to pray for them and to bless them and to do good to them. Because when you're praying for them and you're blessing them and you're doing good to them, it's, it's very hard to continue to see the negative. Before long, you start seeing the good in them. It's not them that changes sometimes. It's just our perspective changes. You will not speak faith by accident. I know very few people that's that positive. And I do know a few positive people, and I would declare once in a while, I think they just speak faith by accident. And the, but for the most of, uh, of the rest of us, we have to be intentional about speaking faith. We've got to make up our mind and declare, I choose to speak faith. The diagnosis is real, but I choose to speak faith. My financial situation is real, but I choose to speak faith. My, The problems around me are real. I'm not denying them. But I am telling you that there is a God that will be with you, that will not leave you, that will walk with you, that will keep you. You've got to speak faith. I've got to hurry or I'm going to do what I said I wouldn't do. In our text, 2 Kings chapter 4, the Shunammite woman had lost her only son, obviously a promise of God, by the prophet. He had gone to see his father as he worked in the field, takes a headache and dies. She went to her husband and said, have the servant bring me a horse because I need to hurry to the man of God. I need to run, he says, she says, to the man of God. Her husband said, woman, What's wrong with you? It's not the Sabbath day. It's not time. It's not the new moon. It's not time to sacrifice. And all she said, hey, hubby, it's going to be all right. I have a feeling that he knew that something was wrong because he's the one that sent the sick son back to the house by the servant. And he said, hey, what's going on? Why are we doing this? Do I need to do this for you? What can I do? And she just said, no, 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 no. I have faith. If I can just get the man of God back to my house, I want you to know that God is going to make a way. She said, it shall be well. Her child lay dead, but she declared, it shall be well. I won't be much longer tonight, but somebody needs to start speaking faith over your situation. I'm not, I'm not here tonight to tell you you have to deny what you're going through, but we need to get some hope back in our life. You're not going to find joy without hope. You've got to get some hope back in your life. The words you speak will bring hope. You've got to start declaring the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the strength of God. I want to tell you tonight that he is well able to meet your needs. His arm is not short. His ear is not deaf. He is not slack concerning his promises. His promises are yea and amen. His love is far-reaching. His power has not diminished over time. The word of God is still relevant and true. When you need him, he will be there. And whatever he has done before, he will do again. He said, I'm God. And I change not. He's not a weak and puny God. 
but he is God Almighty. And he's God all by himself. If he did it for somebody else, he can do it for you. We got to speak faith over it. We got to be faithful. And we've got to speak faith. I want you to know today that if you're facing impossible situations in your life and you can't seem to find a way out of it, maybe you've tried going forward, you've tried going backwards, and you've gone to the left and you've gone to the right, and it seems like there's no way out, I want to tell you that God is still able to part the waters for you to walk right through. God, what are you going to do? What, are, what am I going to do? I, I, over and over again, you see the people of God in those situations with mountains on both sides and an army pressing upon them behind. And here is a sea in front of them. And the Lord just parts the waters for them to walk through. Do you think God has stopped parting waters for his people? Has he stopped making a way out of no way for his people? But it will come by faith. It will come by faith. God is still able to make a way out of no way. To bring light in the middle of your darkness. But you have to find the faith to declare it and to speak the words even when you can't see it. It shall be well. It shall be be well. This week, I was sitting alone in the surgery waiting area. We rose very early, about 4.30 in the morning. I actually woke up about 2.30, all up in my nerves and feels. And 4.30, my wife got up. We left the house. We went to Indianapolis to the hospital. We arrived about 6 o'clock. When we walked in, they immediately took her back, told me where I was to go and be seated. They gave me a pager and told me they would page me in about an hour. I could come back and have a few minutes with her before they took her into surgery. So about a quarter to 7, they text me. I went back. I was able to be in the room with her for just a few minutes, maybe about 10 minutes. Doctors, nurses coming in and out, asking her her name, her date of birth, what they were doing. Over and over again, same questions being asked. Everybody writing notes and checking it off. Finally, they came in and said, okay, we're going to leave you two alone for just a moment. You say whatever you need to say. We're getting ready to take your wife to surgery nurse walked out with me, walked down the hall with me. She gave me the specifics of what was going to happen. She said, you're going to go here. I want you to stay in here. It's going to be about two hours. You're going to receive a page. When you receive that page, you're going to walk to a specific area. There's some chairs here in this area. This is where you're going to be seated. Within the time you receive the page and the time the doctor comes out, give it 15 to 20 minutes. Could be sooner, could take a little longer. The doctor will come out, he will meet with you, and he will talk to you. He'll tell you what's going to happen. He'll tell you the next steps. If in the middle of surgery, if there's any problems, they will text you. The pager will go off, move to this area. They'll come out and explain to you what they're dealing with. I went sat down. About an hour and 45 minutes passed, and the doctor walked in. To the area where I was sitting, I thought I was supposed to receive a page. I was a bit startled. He smiled. He said, I'm done. He said, things went well. He explained it, all the details to me. It's a little more complicated than we thought. He said, we have some concerns with healing. Some of the tissue was not as good as we had hoped. I had to remove more than I had hoped. He said, wait here. When the second surgery is completed, the surgeon will send you a text. You'll go to this area. He said, I would expect it's going to take a minimum of three and a half to four hours before you receive that text. When you receive the text, move to the area. She'll come out and talk to you. 
doctor left. I sit there for a few more minutes. It was about 9 o'clock. I knew I had a wait ahead of me. thought it would be a good time for me to go out to the car and make a few texts to everybody, a few phone calls to the family. Let everybody know what was going on. So I walked out to the car, began to respond to text messages that had come in, began to respond to different individuals, and I was only there for just a few moments. About 45 minutes between the time that the first surgeon had met with me and knowing that I had about a four-hour wait and remembering, if anything goes wrong, they'll page you. I was about 45 minutes in and the pager went off and it was concerning. I didn't delay. I jumped out of the vehicle, closed the door, walked very briskly into the hospital. They caught me at the counter, sir, 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 you can't go in. I flashed my wristband and told them I've been paged. They waved me on. I went to the nice chairs in the consultation room waiting. My mind's racing, wondering what in the world could possibly, what could possibly have gone wrong 45 minutes into a four-hour surgery that they would send me a page. So I sat down and I waited. And I waited. And I waited. Fifteen minutes passed. Twenty, thirty. Forty minutes passed. I'm confused. I'm concerned. I had no idea why I was at that point. In this lonely spot in the hospital, nobody around. In the moment I heard, down the hall, I heard a voice. At first, I, I couldn't make out what was going on, and I realized the voice was getting louder as it moved toward me. And then I recognized that it was a high soprano voice. And then I heard the voice singing. I don't know the lady never seen her before she was a young small thin lady in her late 30s early 40s she's walking down the hall and she rounds the corner and as she rounds the corner I recognize the song that she's singing she sings this song and she says, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been good, so good. With every breath that I am able. I will sing of the goodness in God. She gets a little closer and she keeps singing. All my life you have been faithful. I don't know what the lady was facing. She obviously had walked out of one of the specialist's office and was there in that area of the hospital. She wasn't a worker. I'm not sure what it was, but you could hear it in her voice that she was desperate. She rounded the corner and she looked at me and saw me sitting there and 
knowing that area of the hospital is not heavily occupied, she froze for just a moment and then continued to walk. And she stopped singing. I don't really know what came over me. I looked up at her. I said, please don't stop singing. She looked at me rather strange. She walked on past me and she got about four steps past me. And she stopped. And she lifted her head up real high. And in the strongest voice like she would be on this platform singing, she started belting it out. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. So good. With every breath. I will see of the goodness of God. She walked on. My mind is racing. I thought, God, that lady just ministered. I don't know what you're speaking. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what to expect. Now 50 minutes have passed. A few moments I heard a door open. And when the door opened, I heard the same lady with the same voice come walking it out of the room that she was in. She rounded the corner. I'm still sitting there. Nobody but me and her in the room. There was nobody else anywhere near in that hospital. And she just started saying, still I will trust you. Still I will follow you. Still I will listen to your every calling. Though the storm wages on and I can't find my way. Still I will trust you, Lord. She comes walking closer and the hall narrowed right where I'm sitting, still waiting for the doctor to come out. She never made eye contact. And I thought, why not? When she started again, I just joined in harmony with her. Still I will trust you. Still I will follow. Still I will listen to your recalling. Though the storm rages on and I can't find my way, still I will trust you.
don't know why I didn't stop her. I wish I could go back. I missed a moment. I don't know what she was facing. I don't know her background. But I know where I was. And I know me. And my mother-in-law's texting me left and right. Any word, any word. Every three minutes. Any word. I'm worried. She's worried. Everybody's worried. Kids are texting. We're wondering why. I watched that lady as the door opened. She walked out toward her car. And I heard her as, her as that door closed behind her and as she walked out across that parking lot. She was still singing, still I will trust you. Still I will follow. And still I will listen to your every calling. Though the storm rages on and I can't find my way, still I will trust you, Lord. I just wonder tonight, maybe some of you have been going through some things for a very long time. Maybe you entered in this building tonight and it's Easter Sunday and you've been positive. Maybe it's a broken relationship, a broken home, a financial dilemma, a physical issue, a health issue that you're not even talking about. Maybe other people don't even know what you're going through, but sometimes you struggle to find the words of faith. You struggle to find words of hope and words of courage. Everybody else declares it is well. Everybody else declares, give me this mountain. Your pastor has walked to this pulpit tonight and delivered my heart. I'm done. I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over this room tonight. But if it was you that God has spoken to through the simple message that I have preached tonight, maybe you need to walk to the front of this room and just say, God, give me some words. That in the middle of my dilemma, I'll stop talking about what is going wrong in my life. And I'm going to start talking about the goodness of God. I'm going to start talking about the faithfulness of God. I'm going to start talking about what you've done in my life. Come on, if that's you, why don't you respond tonight? Come on, let this song minister to you tonight. Of, of the, the goodness, goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so your voice and sing it up. Anybody testify to that tonight? And all my life you have been so, so good. 
Yeah. 